Welcome back to Pen Zebras. I'm Joe Gutowski, your host for the second episode. Today, we're joined by an amazing attending at NYU, Dr. Allison Becker, who will share her firsthand experience with a remarkable case she experienced in Akron, Ohio. Dr. Becker trained at the Children's Hospital Medical Center in Akron for PEM Fellowship after completing pediatric residency in Brooklyn. We're so happy she's now at NYU. As a reminder, please make sure to visit PEMZebras.com after the episode to take a short survey and to check out the PEM Quick Cards, which will have helpful information pertaining to this episode with Dr. Becker. So sit back, stay tuned, and let's delve into another chapter of PEM Zebras. Dr. Becker, what's today's one-liner? Hi, thanks for having me. Today I'm going to discuss a three-week-old male infant who presented with concerns of 24 hours of respiratory distress. Great. Could you give a rough idea of what the patient's vitals were at the time of triage? Sure. During triage, the temperature was 37.4 degrees Celsius. The heart rate was 136 beats per minute. The respiratory rate was 100 breaths per minute. The oxygen saturation was 85% on room air, and the blood pressure was 107 over 17. Definitely some abnormalities there. What goes through your mind as an attending when you see a combination of those vital signs and triage note? So the things that stand out the most are obviously the respiratory rate and the saturation. When seeing that, my first thought is a primary respiratory pathology. You also worry about an infant breathing that fast, getting tired, and needing support. One of the first things I would do upon seeing vitals like that is to start some oxygen and call respiratory to add pressure support given the high respiratory rate. Additionally, in any infant with distress, you always worry about sepsis and want to keep that in mind. Fantastic. That is helpful. Was there any corroborating history that gave you insight into the patient's vitals? So on further history, the mom noted that the patient started the night before with some respiratory distress, had multiple episodes of spit up when feeding both yesterday and today, and was not interested in taking the bottle as much today. The patient also saw their primary care doctor who was concerned by the respiratory distress and sent him to the emergency room. Notably, there was no fever or nasal congestion that mom was aware of. Okay, that is a helpful history. What was their exam like? So some pertinent positives on their exam was that the patient was awake and alert, but appeared tired and in distress from their work of breathing. The anterior fontanelle was soft and flat. There was no discharge from the nares, and the nares appeared patent. The mucous membranes were moist. The respiratory exam had moderately increased work of breathing with moderate subcostal and suprasternal retractions. There was good air exchange bilaterally with clear lungs. There were no rails, bronchi, or wheezes. On cardiac exam, there was a regular rate and rhythm, and the first heart sound was normal. The second heart sound was narrowly split with an accentuated P2 component. No murmurs, rubs, or gaps were heard. Peripheral pulses were strong. On the abdominal exam, the liver was palpable 1.5 centimeters below the right costal margin. The rest of the exam was pretty unremarkable for an infant. Okay, how did your differential diagnosis change after the exam? So with clear lungs, you want to start thinking about expanding the differential out of the pure respiratory thought that you are thinking based on the initial presentation. Things that go through my head at this time include cardiac pathology, ingestions, and inborn errors of metabolism. With the liver being palpable, you worry about an inborn error of metabolism or something cardiac. Sepsis is, of course, still on the differential as infants can present in a multitude of ways with sepsis. Respiratory is also still on the list given the respiratory rate, but lower down instead of being primary. It's also important to remember that central nervous system problems can cause fast breathing, 
and keep the differential broad, especially without a true respiratory cause for the tachypnea. Interesting. What were you thinking for the workup? What is your general approach to lab work or imaging for this type of initial presentation? So in a three-week goal, it's a stress of any kind. You obviously want to start with some sepsis labs. You want to get your blood counts, your inflammatory markers, your analysis, and cultures. Additionally, we got a blood gas given the respiratory distress. We also got a chest and abdomen x-ray, sometimes called a babygram, to assess the lungs, heart, and better visualize the GI tract. Great. Were there any surprising findings on your workup? Did the findings then change your differential diagnosis? One of the interesting things was the CBC was unremarkable. The CRP and procalcitonin were both negative and the UA was negative. So we were thinking less infectious at this point. The CMP was pretty unremarkable. The gas had a pH of 7.56 and a low PCO2, which was expected given the fast respiratory rate. The x-ray gave a mixed picture by showing possible cardiomegaly with prominent central lung markings, but also streaky and hazy opacities. The gas pattern was non-obstructive on the x-ray. At this point, things were pointing more towards a cardiac etiology. Yeah, I can see why you would say that. Were there any clinical changes while the patient was in the ER? Yes. The patient was initially started on nasal cannula given the desaturations and had some improvement in saturations, but not in the work of breathing. Once respiratory arrives at the bedside, the patient was started on a high-flow nasal cannula with some improvement, but the respiratory rate was still high in the 70s. CPAP was tried without improvement. We debated intubation, but ultimately decided to hold off and keep the baby on high-flow nasal cannula until the workup could be completed if able. Okay, so you decided to hold off on intubation. I'm curious, what was the thought process there? Our thought process was if this was the primary cardiac etiology, we were worried that by taking away the baby's self-work of breathing and self-compensation, we would cause the baby to tank and ultimately code. What was the clue that led you to the final diagnosis? The ultimate diagnostic clue came from the echocardiogram. I had a feeling you would say that. Now the moment the audience has been waiting for, what was the final diagnosis? The final diagnosis was core triatriatum. Wow. Fascinating. I actually don't think I'd ever heard of that diagnosis until this past year when you told me about this case, a true pediatric zebra. Could you give the audience a brief explanation of the condition? Sure. Core triatriatum is a condition in which there is a membrane in one of the atria creating a third atria cavity. In order for this condition to be functional, the patient must also have an ASD present in order to allow for blood flow, which this baby had. Both fascinating and scary. What did you think of that conclusion? Was there anything you would have changed about the workup given your retrospectoscope? Overall, there wasn't much we would have changed from the workup given the rarity of this condition, and we got the diagnosis pretty quickly overall. The one thing that I would say that is important is to keep in mind that we waited till we saw the chest x-ray to call cardiology and get them involved, and we probably could have had someone on the team call earlier to have them ready to do the echo while the rest of the workup was going on. But overall, I think you have to get broad labs and imaging with this presentation. If you had one lesson to share with the nurses, doctors, or interested audience members, what would it be? I think one key takeaway is that when presented with an infant in respiratory distress, it's important to keep a broad differential, especially during respiratory season. There will always be that one case that isn't like the others and has something else going on. Totally agree. Thank you again, Dr. Becker, for joining This was a fantastic case, and I really enjoyed our discussion. To my valued listeners, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. 
This is Pem Zebras, where every case tells a story and every story teaches a lesson. Thanks for tuning in.